ladies and gentlemen, it has been my great privilege many years ago, whilst traveling through the mountains of Paraguay, to find the Acme Indians drinking the juice out the cacti. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll have a couple of vocabulary lessons and a couple of one thing in commons. Or would that be one thing's in common? We'll hear some tunes by Arthur Lang and play a record that was cut from last week's show. As a public service, it's time once again for another Rapidly Rotating Records vocabulary lesson. Today's vocabulary word is spruik, S-P-R-U-I-K. Spruik first appeared in Australian slang in the late 1890s and is an intransitive verb which means to make or give an extensive or elaborate speech in public or to try to persuade someone to do or buy something, often in a dishonest or exaggerated way, used especially of a showman or salesman. W.C. Fields as the great McGonagall in the old-fashioned way is a perfect example of a spruker. So here's a set of rapidly rotating records about speeches, beginning with Mildred Bailey, who's going to give an after-dinner speech. The dinner was delightful, we both enjoyed it so. The music and the wine were perfect too. I want to make an after-dinner speech. Speech, my darling, I love you. The table looked inviting with all the lights so low, but I could hardly wait till we were through to make my little after dinner speech, my darling, I love you. My guest of honor, I give this little toast, the only wish that's in my heart. I hope that you'll permit me to make one little boast, that you and I will never part. Before we join the others, before it's time to go, there's only one thing more I wish you'd do. You'd make an after-dinner speech, my darling. Love me too.
of the good old county of Buncombe. The first thing I see is that I want to thank the ladies for bringing me these pretty flowers. The next is I want to compliment the boys for that splendid fiddling and say that we must have some more out in them before we leave. And thirdly, permit me to again remind you that I am an independent candidate for the lower house. And at our next election, I expect to represent this district in Congress. I'm glad to see so many of you farmers out here today. You come, some of you, with your feet on the ground and the hair is sticking out in the top of your hat, fighting for farm relief when you don't know what you're fighting for. Looks to me like you've already been relieved of about everything you ever had. But you better leave that to me after I get there. All right, you're telling them about it. My platform is like one of your hillside plows. When I get to one end, I just turn the wing over and plow back to the way a simple twist of the wrist. That's all. <laughs> Fellow citizens, the old tent is the grandest district in North Carolina. It stretches from the crest of Mount Mitchell on the east to Hanging Dog Township in Cherokee County on the west. From the great Smoky Mountains Park on the north to Spicer's Cove in the dark corner on the south. It stretches from the headwaters of the Nantahala to the mouth of South Turkey Creek. That's all right, confounder. Let her stretch. Let her stretch. Yes, some of you say that the women are against me in this campaign, and I'll tell you for why. They know they can't browbeat me around and have me to do things that I had in order. But I have stumped every township in this district, and here's how I stand. I'll break even with them in Willie Shot. I'll walk away with them in Sugarloaf. I'm neck and neck with them in Bearwaller. And when it comes to Lower Fort, you boys know what I've always stayed with them there. I want to tell the dear people that this is a momentous campaign and getting more and more menace as the day approaches. And let me tell you for why. You can't beat Hoover on one hand nor Max Gardner on the other. But I beg of you, don't let them beat me. My opponents claim he's got his preparation for office between college walls. I don't deny it of him, but I got my schooling a plowing a bull in the meadow where the sun don't shine till ten o'clock of the morning and set before the shank of the evening. And yet just watch me take my graduating exercises riding that jackass into the Capitol. Now, boys, all of you who are willing to help me out in this fight and help me put this rotten ring out of business, just come forward and while the boys play us a good, lively tune, get one of these fruit jars. You'll find a $2 bill in the bottom of it. Take it out the back way across the fence 
into the pasture to the mouth of the steelhouse branch, and you boys will know the rest. We will now hear from our old friend, Mr. Zilch. Yes, Zilch! Unaccustomed as I am to making public speeches, now that I've been called upon by you, it gives me greatest pleasure, I might say, at speeches. I don't know how to start or what to do. There are much more clever speakers here than I, if you know that. But as long as I'm requested, well, well, I'll try. I thank you, my friend. <laughs> well, that all depends. <laughs> really, uh, I don't know. Uh, occasions like this, uh, I just, uh, I can't, uh, well, if you insist. <laughs> I thank you again. Uh, now, if you'll all quiet down. I, uh, uh, oh, here's a story that I heard about two hummingbirds. Let me see, how does it go? Oh, I forget the words. <laughs> I thank you, my friend. I, I think you'd better call on Mr. Brown. Oh, say, now you got me in touch. No, 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 I stutter too much. Gee, gee, I feel like a great, great big gawk. What do you call on me for? You know, I can't talk. I thank you so much. Now, now as I look around the room, you know, you know it, it reminds me of a day I, I spent, now, uh, let, let me see. Was it in no November or down in Kankakee? Hey! <laughs> I just thank you, my friend. I think you better call on someone else. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but I'd have voted for Tony. Billy Murray in his finest Italian dialect with the International Novelty Orchestra and Speech, composed by Cliff Friend with the lyric by Sidney Clare. They tried recording it in a session on August 20th, 1925, with Rosario Bordone leading the orchestra, but those four takes were all destroyed. 
They took a break and came back a couple of weeks later on September 3rd with Nat Shilkert conducting, and he got the job done with Take 5, issued on Victor 19781. I'm sorry to subject you to a political speech, but before Billy Murray, we heard Bascom Lamar Munsford with a stump speech in the 10th District. Bascom Lamar Munsford, known as the Minstrel of the Appalachians, was a teacher and lawyer born in 1882 into a musical family, so he also performed the traditional folk and country music of North Carolina, dressed in a suit and crisp starched white shirt and black bow tie to counter the stereotyping of hillbillies. He was accompanied by Fred Stanley on guitar, Burt Lane on violin, and possibly played banjo himself on that April 15, 1930 Columbia recording made in Atlanta. We started that spruiking set with Mildred Bailey giving an after-dinner speech with Red Norvo and his orchestra. After-dinner speech was written by Stanley Adams and Oscar Levant. We heard Take One from Brunswick 8171, which had its 83rd birthday just four days ago. I'm Glenn Robison, and I won't be having my 83rd birthday for a while yet. And you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. This segment is an extremely rare combination, one thing in common, and vocabulary lesson. I learned a new word the other day, or perhaps was reminded of one that was buried deep in my brain since back in Verna Reynolds' English class in high school. Anyway, the three records in this segment have one thing in common, which relates to a neologism, which, by the way, is not the vocabulary word in question. Don't spend too much energy trying to figure it out. I'll tell you at the end.
shake you dust. I'm gonna rake you dust. You're just a dusty son of a gun. Run, run, men send you to Hades. When they peek at ladies, you sneak up and blow the dust in their eyes. Dust, dust, gonna get a broom and clean up all your mess, all your mess. Bathe in joy and drown myself in happiness, happiness. I'll grin and make the pain go. Laugh, I see the rainbow. Be free as a hobo, raising the dust, dust. great record the columbia photo players a ben selvin outfit and dust the vocal refrain was by the rondeliers who were uncredited on the label of columbia 2196-d which had its 91st birthday four days ago dust was composed by fred fisher with the words by andy rice and is heard in the 1930 mgm musical comedy romance picture children of pleasure where it's sung by stars lawrence gray and Wynne gibson We played Love Bound by Ted Weems last year. That's right, on the May 15th show. But before Dust, you heard Love Bound by Austin Wiley's Golden Pheasant Orchestra being heard on the show for the first time. That's from Vocalion 15230, recorded January 26, 1926, but was also issued on Brunswick 3032 as by the Clevelanders. Austin Wiley's was a territory band based in Cleveland, Ohio, but they also broadcast on national radio. Louis Katzman led the band on this particular recording because Austin Wiley was playing violin. We started with Fast Asleep in Poppy Land, composed by Byron Gay. Poppy Land is two words on the label of Brunswick 2023, made around December of 1919, but is only one word on the sheet music. The group recorded Fast Asleep in Poppy Land again about a month later, and that effort was issued on OK 4061. The one thing in common is in the words dust, bound, and fast in the titles of those songs. You all know what synonyms and antonyms are, but dust, bound, and fast are all contronyms. A contronym is a word that has two opposite or nearly opposite meanings. Dust, for example, can mean to sprinkle small particles on something or to remove them. Bound can mean headed for a destination 
or restrained from movement, and fast can mean quick or stuck or made stable. Other contronyms include clip, lease, trim, and wind up. Thanks for playing One Thing thing in in Common. Last week, we had a set of rapidly rotating records by Arthur Lang and his orchestra. Arthur Lang was also a composer with about 40 titles published on his own and in collaboration with others between 1909 and 1924, to say nothing of the hundreds of his film credits from 1929 to the 1950s. Here are three from the pen of Arthur Lang. Thank you. 
here's one of those records with what I call an unresolved ending, sounding like it's missing a couple of chords at the end. I've asked a couple of my musician friends if there's a term for that, but no one seems to have an answer or explanation. Anyway, that was I Never Care About Tomorrow As Long As I Have Today, written by Al Levine, Sidney Holden, and Arthur Lang. Victor 19404 was recorded July 2, 1924. Before that, we were in a boat for two with Sam Lannan's orchestra from Edison 50779, which celebrated its 100th birthday just yesterday. In a Boat for Two was written by Arthur Lang with Ernest C. Klapholz and Licko Liggy. Isidore Israel Liggy, better known as Licko, was a violinist who made at least a couple dozen records with the Vienna Quartet for Victor around 1910, and has at least one other tune to his credit. But I do believe Ernest C. Klapholz has a large enough oeuvre that I can put together a segment for him when his birthday rolls around in December. The Ambassadors, directed by Louis Katzman, got things started with By the Lake, from January 13, 1925. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week, since I went on so long about Harry J. Lincoln and the three records in his segment, I ran out of time to play a record I had slated for the Calico segment. So here it is this week to start off not a Calico segment, but a Brown Skin segment. A penny for the moon a nickel for a dream, a quarter for a tune, like the old mill stream. But I'd give a dollar and my heart to follow for the brown-skinned gal in the calico gown. A puzzle for a pal, a jackknife for a song, a garter for the gal in the blue sarong. But I'd give a necklace because I am reckless for a kiss from the miss in the calico gown. Having much use for worldly goods, Robin Hood's for me. If my love's worth a nickel, it's worth a peso. Mine for the giving, hers for the say-so. A pony for a card, to take her out to dine A scissor cuts a heart on a valentine Then a sky blue bonnet with pink ribbons on it For the brown-skinned gal in the calico gown
all the brown skin girl in the calico
down the road in a little red wagon, one wheel off and the act of ragging, to keep on ragging, 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 ragging. The Massey Family with Brown Skin Girl Down the Lane, from 1934. The Massey Family hailed from Hunt County, Texas, and took up ranching around Roswell, New Mexico in 1914. They formed a family music group with Patriarch Henry Dad Massey leading on fiddle, daughter Louise singing and playing piano, and sons Alan on guitar and Kurt fiddling and playing trumpet. Louise's husband, Milt, became the bass player. The Masseys went professional around 1928, touring the Chautauqua circuit, and were heard on WIBW Topeka and KMBC Kansas City. Dad Massey retired around 1933 when the group came to the National Barn Dance, and from 1939 on they became known as Louise Massey and the Westerners. The name Kurt Massey may ring a bell as he composed the theme songs for both the Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction. Well, what do you know about that? I know. Before that, the Victor Military Band, conducted by Edward T. King with Brown Skin, written by Clarence Williams and Armand J. Perron. Victor 18203 was recorded October 19, 1916. We started that Brown Skin set with Brown Skin Gal in the Calico Gown, Duke Ellington and his famous orchestra in Victor's Hollywood studio on July 2, 1941, with vocalist Herb Jeffries singing the Paul Francis Webster lyric to Duke Ellington's tune, issued on Victor 27517. The brown-skinned gal is from Jump for Joy, an all-African-American musical review by Ellington that opened at the Mayan Theater in Los Angeles just a few days after this recording was made and ran for 122 performances. It included the jazz standard I Got It Bad and That Ain't Good and received rave reviews but was racially charged and never made it to Broadway. I hope you enjoy the One Thing in Common segments, because even though we had one in the second segment of tonight's show, yep, here's another.
in the night, a dream that can be heard, isn't it romantic, morning shadows write the oldest magic world, I hear the breezes playing, 
in the trees above While all the world is saying you were meant for love Isn't it romantic merely to be young on such a night as this Isn't it romantic every note that's sung is like a lover's kiss Sweet symbols in the moonlight Do you mean that I will fall in love perchance? Isn't it So 
good in a crowd, but when you get him alone, you'd be surprised. He's kind of scared in a mob, but when he talks on the phone, you'd be surprised. I know he looks as slow as the eerie, but you don't know the half of it, dearie. He's got the face of an Eskimo, but there's fire in his eyes. He doesn't say very much, but when he starts into talk, you'd be surprised. He isn't much standing still, but when we're out for a walk, you'd be surprised. I'll admit he doesn't look smart. He won't impress you right from the start. But in a week or so, you'd be surprised. Billy Murray with Joseph Pasternak conducting the orchestra on Irving Berlin's You'd Be Surprised from Victor Batwing 18634, recorded November 19, 1919. Before that, Harold Stern and his Hotel Biltmore Orchestra with Isn't It Romantic, composed by Richard Rogers. The vocalist singing the Lorenz Hart lyric is credited on the label of Columbia 2817-D as Bill Smith, in fact, Smith Baloo. That was recorded September 29, 1932. And we started with Walt Leopold and his orchestra with one of lots of different recordings of Mimi, also written by Richard Rogers. That's from Victor 24251, recorded February 20th, 1933. Mimi is heard in the 1932 Paramount picture Love Me Tonight, where it's sung by Maurice Chevalier, who of course had a big hit with his commercial recording. Isn't It Romantic is also heard in Love Me Tonight, but that's not the one thing in common. The one thing in common is that all three of those melodies are heard in the 1933 Fleischer Studio animated comedy short, Betty Boop's Big Boss. I say melodies because Mimi and You'd Be Surprised are both sung in the cartoon with replacement lyrics. And thanks once again for playing One Thing thing in in Common. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs>